In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the other day, I was bringing the bulletins into church and setting up for Sunday, and this teenager rides up on a skateboard and comes into church. Yeah, I want an espresso double shot on ice with two raw sugars. Are you kidding, I say? Bro, this isn't a Starbucks. This is St. Hogop Armenian Church. He looks around. Sorry, I want an espresso double shot on ice with two raw sugars. Have a good laugh at the clueless teenager. But get ready, because you know when I tell the joke in church, the joke is always on us. The joke is on us because today's gospel reading reminds us that not unlike that teen, that fictitious teen, of course, we are pretty clueless when it comes to praying to God. We don't know who God really is and what to ask for, yet the good news is that if we open up to our own up, excuse me, to our shortcomings and are persistent in trying, God promises that he will do the rest. So sure, none of us have probably ever come to church and ordered an espresso, but aren't we all almost that clueless in our requests and expectations of God? We all start off that way in our faith, at least, and many remain so. We're sort of consumers of the goods and services of God. God, I will come before you a few times a year if you continue to keep my life comfortable and free of major disasters. When I do need you, I'll drop by and make my requests. It's not quite ordering espresso from a drive-thru, but it's very transactional. It's how we're trained, because we're modern and we're consumers, and that's how the world works. And it's not surprising that that leaks into our spiritual life. I'll give you this, God, and you give me that. Even for those of us who are committed to God and his church, we don't escape this sin. Sure, maybe we give more to the church and service of God, but often we expect more in return. Recognition, honor, influence, control, inside access to God. Well, the amazing thing and the first lesson we find in today's parable of the judge and the 40 days of Lent is that despite our mixed motives, somehow God still works with us. As misguided as we are, he encourages us to come before him in any and every way in worship and prayer. That's the example he puts before us today with the woman who comes before the judge every day to complain of the injustice done to her and pleads to him to resolve her case. Rather than calling her a pest or saying she's just working in her own interests, Jesus holds this woman up as an example of persistence in prayer. Apparently, God wants us to come before him and pester him and bother him even when our prayers are immature and misguided. God apparently can work with that. And in time, 
our transactional relationship with Him becomes transformational. And instead of seeking God for just what He does, we start to seek Him for who He is. In short, God will meet us wherever we are, and with our persistent persistence, He takes us somewhere we could never imagine. It doesn't matter to God how we first come to Him, clueless or foolish or full of sin. It only matters where we're going. There's only one way, just one way, that God won't take us. He can't take us. And that way is illustrated in the second parable of today's reading. A Pharisee and a tax collector come into church and pray. The Pharisee is to all appearances in his time a holy man, a good man, a righteous man, respected in society. He prays to God, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other men, not a liar, not unjust, not an adulterer, not a cheater, and not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of everything that I get. The tax collector, on the other hand, was despised by his society, and he had a very different prayer. He stands in a corner all by himself. He doesn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beats his breast and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Contrary to the values of his times, Jesus says that the sinful tax collector was much closer to God than the Pharisee. And that's because the Pharisee was so full of himself that he had no room for God. He was so judgmental to others that he was judged by God. His character is exaggerated but maybe not so much that we can't see some of our own self-righteousness in him. Thank God I'm successful. And that's because I work hard, unlike those people who struggle. Thank God for my traditional family values. We're not a broken family like those other people. Thank God that we're Armenian, the first Christians, unlike those people who have no history or heritage. We do have blessings, and we do have things to be proud of. But so did the Pharisee, and that's the point. The danger is when we're self-righteous, when we're filled with self, because there's no room for anything else, not God, not anyone. And so the tax collector, on the other hand, knows who he is in the eyes of God. He feels unworthy, and he dares not even look up. And unable to offer anything of his own righteousness in prayer, He can only throw himself on the mercy of God and thus finds the shortest distance between hopelessness and salvation, which is, of course, the grace of God. We, too, are to come before God so humbled, and the 40 days of Lent and today's Gospel reading gives us much practice in humility. It should. And it should help us to now perhaps laugh less at the clueless teenager who came to church and instead laugh more with him, for we are all pretty clueless when it comes to entering into the presence of God. We order stuff from God and try to use him for our own ends instead of his own, and we value ourselves much more highly than we should. Yet our God of great mercy does not abandon us. He starts off where we are 
but he never gives up on raising us up to what we are called to be, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.